2: Hey everyone, my name is Danilo Petrovic. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm
0: Dennis Kudler. I'm Evgeny Domster. I'm Henry Larksonek. I'm Peter Turepko and Henry you're Henry listening Henry to Henry the Henry Game to Henry Love podcast. podcast.
2: Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Sorry we haven't really been bringing you a lot of these actual podcasts during the US Open. We've been very, very busy with work. Uh, JG was studying and, uh, yeah, obviously the matches are all after work and in the in the period of free time that we have. So we're trying to use a lunch break and get out uh, this conversation that we wanted to have for probably about two or three days now. It's the question of Stefano Sitterbas and the toilet breaks. The toilet break saga, we're calling it. I wanted to call it toilet gate. Uh, <laughs> it sounds a little bit strange, that one. Uh, JG went with the toilet saga. So we we'll go with the toilet saga. And joining us instead of JG, it's John Silk all the way from Germany. How are you doing? You all right?
3: Yeah, I'm very well. I'm enjoying the tennis. Um, Probably slightly more so on the women's side than the men's side. But we are going to focus on some of the off-court activities of a certain uh, Greek top tennis player right now. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. I
2: thought it would be interesting to get you on as well, because I know we spoke briefly last night during the uh, late night matches. And uh, I think you had a few words to say about this subject. And I just thought, what better person uh, than you to have on? You're going to give us your thoughts on this whole debacle and especially it's a very, very touchy subject because some people are throwing the word cheat around. And mm. I don't think it's the right word to be thrown around because it's the same thing. Like, uh, Tsipas is just playing within the rules. And until you t- change the rules, I-, I think he's in sort of entitled to do what he wants, but it's sort of he doesn't care who he upsets. And that's the sort of thing that we're on. Is it disrespectful? And here's he disrespecting other tennis players on the tour because there is apparently well, Zverev said, there are unwritten rules between tennis players, Uh, just a level of respect. And this is something that he's sort of breaking at the moment and it's becoming a regular
3: thing. Yeah. And and I kind of in a way, I kind of love the fact that he just did it again two days later, despite the huge (laughs) outcry. You know, it was almost like if anyone out there is a Formula One fan that remembers Schumacher or Senna, they would take a guy off to win a championship or do yes. their best. But they'd go and yes. do it again a year or two later, <laughs> despite the fact that they, you know, partly because they got away with it. And again, it's, you know, we'd look across all sports. We spoke briefly before coming on air with with football in particular, uh, where you've got time wasting and, and other things that go on, little pulls of the shirt and these kind of little things that occur. And it's one of those things is, you know, it's these sort of rules being exploited. And I wouldn't go as far as saying cheating. I understand Murray's frustration in the moment, and I understand where he's coming from. Perhaps, though, ultimately, his biggest. Uh, frustration should be at the rules themselves because to say that he's cheating would be a step too far is it unsportsmanly behavior almost certainly is it gamesmanship obviously anybody out there who suggests that it could be a genuine toilet break uh, I suggest you get a stopwatch and go to the toilet um and see how long it takes um and it's just and he's also just saying he, he's just I can imagine now hundreds of viewers going out there and doing this and posting it on YouTube or, or, or Twitter. But anyway, whatever. Um, But the thing is, I'm beyond reasonable doubt he's not taking a genuine toilet break with the with the just changing of the clothes. Um, Also, if we needed any more confirmation, he's not taking it, you know, at the end of a first set that he's just won or or midway through a third Mm. set, you know, that he's winning or or whatever. He's he's so it's not an emergency, if you know what I mean. And um, yeah. He's just changing his clothes, but it doesn't take eight minutes to do so, which he's done on two separate occasions this week. But I think we know where he drew the inspiration from.
2: Well, I was going to allude to that. Obviously, uh, we do a rewind back all the way to the Roland Garros final. Uh, we remember John Silk on court, chanting sitter Pass, and, and Novak Djokovic was the one who took the, the toilet break there. And ever since then, yeah, the Pass has been doing it.
3: I have your words ringing in my ear still from that day, Ben. And and, and, and they are simply <laughs> really? this. What is going on? What is going on here? Djokovic is losing. I think I even went a bit too far. I said he's losing it. He's losing it. as in losing his <laughs> nerve. And um and you said, Yeah, he's taking a bathroom break. And you and I were talking for a couple of minutes, I think. I turn around and saying sitzy pass, sitzy pass, crowd are going wild. And all in, in in this period, but then throw in a few more minutes. Djokovic is rejuvenating himself, let's say, because there is there is kind of two sides to this coin in a way. It's the disruption to your opponent, but it's the reinvigoration of yourself. Yeah. Um. Because you don't get this in tennis. It's one of those when you're at a match, especially for the first time. It's one of those bizarre elements to a to a tennis match is that you know you play a game or two, and then they're just sitting down there, and you're watching them. You're just watching them with gathering their thoughts and they've only got a minute or two and then they're back out there again. And it's a kind of a surreal moment when you're you're just meters away from a guy who's about to win a Grand Slam or or pull up trees or do amazing things. And he's there and you can sort of feel, it's almost like being in the dressing room at halftime, but there is no dressing room here except for when you want to take a toilet break.
2: Well, that's it. And uh, I, I think it's sort of, fits in nicely obviously the other person that uh is criticizing him we've had zverev criticize him we've now had andy murray criticize him uh i'll go to some of the tweets from andy murray just to start with uh he started off by spelling his name wrong (laughs) stefanos city city pass uh, Mm. uh and uh twice as long to go to the bathroom as it takes jeff bazos i think he means bezos yeah, to fly yeah. into space interesting so like the comparison <laughs> space... i like it i like it. it's
3: funny it is funny
2: yeah so space travel is apparently quicker than sit <laughs> <Cittabas>. a <laughs> to the to the bathroom uh on court uh we go to the the next one which was i believe this is a quote from uh andy murray on sit and he was saying, it's not so much uh, leaving the court, it's the amount of time. I spoke to my team before the match about it, and they said to expect that, prepare for it. Things and uh, If things are not going his way, uh, so I was trying to do that. He said, but the issue is, uh, that you cannot stop the way that affects you physically, especially mm. someone like Murray as well. you got to think that, like somebody who takes a lot longer to yeah. get going, like his metal hip probably, I don't know, might start getting cold. He needs to warm up the metal in his uh, body maybe. Uh, he says when you're playing a brutal match like that, stopping for seven, eight minutes, you cool down. You can prepare for it mentally as much as you like, but the fact is uh, that it does affect you physically. And when you take a break that long, multiple times during a match, what do you reckon, what do
3: you make of that?
2: Uh, I think it's hard to disagree, really. I mean, they're all valid points.
3: I yeah. just think that we just have to just probably draw short of, of calling it, it cheating. But it's all valid. Yeah, yeah. And, and the yeah. issue is is the rule. Um, yeah. There should be, well, there's two parts to this rule that I'm not, let's say, comfortable with. And I think it could be cleared up quite quickly is is obviously there's the length of time but there is also this element of um taking bags and stuff or or, or potential communication mm, it didn't yeah. really occur i think so much on the two bathroom breaks it's took this week but at a previous tournament it might well have been cincinnati was it yeah um when he took a lengthy break and there was all this sort of texting going on and there's no kind of you know it's very listen when we get go through an airport we have to go through a thing uh, to, sh- to make yep. sure that our phones and stuff are outside of our pockets. I mean, is it, is it wild? Is it too far fetched to install one of these? Well, to be honest with you, if we start seeing more suggestions of it, then yeah, why not? I mean, or, or just some sort of body search again, just something doesn't have to be too aggressive yeah. that body search, but yeah, just, just make sure that, so there's sort of two parts to this. In fact, it's the, if, if there is a cheating element, and that may have been going on as well. It's certainly we in know, yeah. it would be the would be the communication on the would... phone. But yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, they came out. Uh, that I'm gonna get onto that uh, the Zverev uh, tweet in a second because he obviously released a statement as well after uh, his match with Sissipass. There, I will get onto that one just in a sec. We'll just finish off with this Murray quote or just this part sure. of it. He said every single time it was either uh, before my serve as well, I think he took the medical time out. It was just after I won the third set. Also in the fourth set, when I had love 30, he chose to go and change his racket or something like that. Uh, you see, it can't be a coincidence that it's happening at those moments. I don't believe it was, uh, causing him, uh, any issue at all that the match went on for another, uh, two hours or two and a bit hours or something like that. He was fine moving. Great. I thought. So there's this sort of side of things. He he knows that Murray is a bit older. He's not going to be able to get going again as quickly. It's a
3: little bit. It's frustrating, but it's tactical. uh, It seems. Yeah, and it's it's not again. It's not against. And listen, uh, I've admired many sportsmen in the past or sports people in the past that have done everything they can to do to win within within the rules. And, yeah. um, and let me tell you this, it's just you reading that out there and talking about this just reminded me of a personal little, just a personal thing down <laughs> the pub in the UK um, in particular, <laughs> playing pool. And uh, the guy who I'm playing, or the woman for that matter, is, has got an easy-ish shot on the black. I go and say, well done, and I put my cue q- up basically, to suggest game over before they take the shot on the black. Uh, just as a little thing, because it's a, it's an easy-ish black, but it could be missed. And they, they said, no, it's not over yet. I, I said, no, nah, it's an easy black. So um, anyway, a little personal anecdote there. So any of you out there playing cool <laughs> and you, it looked like you were about to lose, Kind of pretend to give up and see what happens to your opponent. But in golf as well, I mean, yeah, I'm going off at tangents here, but, you know, there's <laughs> all sorts of things going on. And and if it's within the rules, well, maybe the rules are the issue.
2: I, that's definitely, I think, we're, we're going to get to as well. Uh, maybe I'll just move through some of these, like pass, uh Andy Murray's lost respect for him, he said in the press conference there. You can see uh, he said on the court to the umpire, <laughs> what's he doing in there he said that the toilet the toilet's just there he said i can see i can see it from here like that's where it is how is he spending so long in there he said there's not he said i've been to the bathroom and uh, many times in my career and it's never taken me this long and i know that there's a lot of people who are going to draw from the u.s open his first ever grand slam win in 2012 where murray took a toilet break uh, at the after just losing two sets to go uh to go in at two all really so he just lost two sets on the bounce he took the toilet break went in and i've said it in the last couple of watch alongs he went and he said it was the first ever time he went into the bathroom and he said there's just a, it's just the size of about a sink and a mirror and then it's a very small toilet and he just stood and looked in the mirror and first time he actually started talking to himself and he felt very funny doing it. And he was saying, come on, get yourself together. You can do this. You can win this. You're good enough to win the Grand Slam. Come on. And he said he didn't feel validated as a player until he won that first Grand Slam. He didn't feel that he couldn't go and lose another final again. He'd been there already. He'd been embarrassed in finals. He'd been thrashed by these players. This was his chance. And if you look at it that way, that's uh, is that should that be taken away from the game like because the fact he was able to go in there and give himself a pep talk and scream at himself and not do it in the public eye like if they sat on the court screaming at himself would people go oh what's happened to him <laughs> he's got lost his marbles or something if he does it in private that's okay though because he's just gearing himself up it's more of a private thing trying to get yourself it's like the m m the eight mile
3: in the mirror before yeah, he goes yeah. out for the rap battle uh i guess a gray line if we are just sort of getting into that area now and i think probably one or two of our viewers may have thought about it is that if somebody is unwell if you like and yeah that's that's the issue i guess that let's say you've got like i say since the past almost certainly is is feeling fine at least in terms of uh that side of things but I guess what about if you were just feeling a bit queasy or, or whatever, you know, where it could be, I mean, I've seen, I've seen Zinedine Zidane vomit before taking a penalty before, but he wasn't allowed to take five minutes to go and do so in the bathroom. But, but, um, and he scored by the way, which wow. is insane. But, um, you know, is it, if, you know, is it okay to take five or 10 minutes if, if that's what it takes? Uh, the, and how do you police that? I that's know. then, yeah, that's, that's then, Yeah. And I guess that's the issue for the ATP and the WTA as well. You can't control someone's bowel movements. (laughs) You can't
2: police it. And that's the big problem here. Do you say you get a maximum of this amount of time and any Mm. minute over that, you will lose 15, 30 when you next come out on different points? Structure of?
3: If you have, say, an injury such as cramp, I mean, we saw um, famously this year Medvedev cramping up in Indian, in Miami, it was, mm. yeah, and he's sort of playing points on on sort of no legs, but he's still winning them. Um, is when you have the cramp, for example, on the court, and of course you have to have the medical treatment on court, right? Um, yeah. Is there a, is there any time limit on that? I mean, can you have twenty minutes of medical treatment on court?
2: No, no, I think it's just a set <clears throat> five minutes, and then if once that's gone, I don't think you. I'm not sure. How, how many you can take as well is there a, is there a set limit of medical timeouts you can take as well I think if you're... there's
3: a medical timeout limit uh if there isn't and perhaps we should have checked this, mi- if, it, if that five minute rule does exist then it should very easily be applied because this is medical okay and so would therefore be a necessity to go to the bathroom on a on a frequent basis so to speak uh or a lengthy basis that would be a medical timeout under those circumstances um almost just yeah. go,
2: sorry just to uh just okay. to go to the chat uh, uh just sure. uh one sec floyd bringing up a good point uh he wouldn't receive backlash if it was once in a while good point and yeah uh, i think that i totally agree with that Do twice you? in
3: three days
2: <laughs> <laughs> or, or three
3: times in three weeks you know
2: and let's get on to uh <clears throat> manarino defending him uh mm-hmm. saying that uh he's not doing anything wrong i think the rules are wrong That's it. So he's just saying the rules are wrong. I think we can all agree the rules are wrong. But how do you police it? I think you you were saying to me Opelka spoke out in defending Sid Pass as well. Uh, (laughs) We've got uh, Liam saying... Uh, maybe uh, the only option is to have a courtside port-a-loo. <laughs> <laughs> and the door opens automatically. After five
3: minutes. That is wonderful. Oh, Liam. I like
2: it, Liam. Wonderful. Brilliant, brilliant yeah. comment. A comment of the day there, I think, for uh, Liam. <laughs> Liam's idea works, says JG in the live chat. There, nice, brilliant. I like. I really like it. Uh, imagine that it's like one of those. Uh, I don't know if you've been on one of those train uh, train toilets where they've got the big door that. just sort of like just yeah just it's like the the generation game isn't it and they just reveal <laughs> your prize
0: <laughs> here's yeah. what you
2: could have won yeah that's great that's great well understood for that and you just got and then you uh it, well it just reveals sit pass on his phone maybe texting away but we'll get on to that uh this yeah, is the next yeah. tweet jose morgado was just tweeting out obviously saying about the zverev uh incident saying he believes that there was communication between Bass and his dad during the long toilet break in the Cincy obviously I've popped that and sort of combined the two on the thumbnail um if you have a just listen to some of the things he was saying in this I'll just try and uh, take you through some of the bits it says uh it was just, again, it's happening every match. It's not normal. It happened to me in the French Open, to Novak in the finals of uh, the French Open. You know, I think in Hamburg against Kronovic, he was complaining against me in Cincinnati. It was ridiculous. And now, here again, I think players are catching up on that. To be honest, he's the number three player in the world. He He's a top three player in the world. He's one of the best at what he does. I don't think he needs to do that. Um he said he's, you'd only expect these sort of ta- like these antics and tactics in challenges and future events or junior events. He said this: you're not allowed. Oh, you're allowed to do it, but it's an unwritten rule between players. That's something like I said before. I mean, yes, I've been breaking rackets and go insane sometimes, and I'm not proud of it. But uh, he's not uh, disrespecting other tennis players, and I think that's the the point that we were sort of alluding to earlier. If I go to the second part of it.
3: Just quickly on that point, yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things there. Uh, I'm not sure that his world ranking is too relevant to the, to the issue no, in, this, no. in this particular instance. There's also that thing about smashing rackets and losing your temper. And that can be for yourself for sure to, to yeah. relieve some of the stress or to motivate you or whatever. Um, but you know, you sometimes wonder with some players, you know, maybe Fognini is he doing some of these antiques of not necessarily angry, but maybe angry with the umpire? Or you know, even John McElroy, famous in the past, was accused of doing it to disrupt his opponent as much as to motive, motivate himself or relieve stress. So, does
2: it as well? Yeah, yeah, I've seen him do so, it many times in matches. Yeah. He'll find something to get annoyed about, um, even if it's like one of the line judges, an advertising board, someone in the crowd. Just things like that, just picking up on certain little things. Uh, I have to yeah. say, I was disgusted with the crowd last night in Djokovic's match. I was very vocal about that. I just, I just, I just don't like the uh, the U.S. Open crowd. Uh, full stop. To be honest, I think it's I don't like the fact that it's just noisy the whole time. Everyone's talking. Everyone's saying no, it's a party atmosphere. There's etiquette in tennis. Just shut up while the players are playing. There was one guy in the crowd who kept shouting when Djokovic was trying to hit a smash, trying to hit okay. a volley, trying to hit a forehand. And Djokovic actually had to go and say to the guy, and he swore at the guy as well, which is, he brought him to that. But he's affecting the match. And people not sitting down, people just milling around in the stands. Yeah, I saw some of Sit that. Yeah. down.
3: down. Don't I let saw I saw a woman there with a load of her drinks. And stuff. I did have the sound down during that match. I do, I was actually keeping an eye on that, but I had the sound down, so uh, I was doing other things. But um, I have to say, so I know we're going off, and we'll get yeah, very yeah. quickly back to this. Uh, maybe this is a podcast all in itself, the U.S. Open crowd, because I yeah. have to say, the U.S. Open is my favorite, probably my favorite Slam to go to. Um. <laughs> uh amongst oh, the hey, four boy. <laughs> uh and it's be- I, and, and yeah I, i've fortunately I've, I've been to all four at one stage or another and on multiple occasions but uh it's my favorite one and it is partly because of the the atmosphere and the crowd it is also partly new york and is exciting you know if you're from new york i'm sure coming to london or paris is, is very exciting yeah, yeah. whereas obviously coming from europe going to new york is pretty exciting and and so on and so forth but there is also an uh we'll, well, this is another pod but it's, yeah, it's yeah. A this is another route. one.
2: We'll, we'll go into that. I'm just go, I'm going to be monitoring it throughout the whole tournament because if they keep doing and affecting matches, another it, pod. It, it, that's that. Yeah, exactly. But going back to Zverev's comment, he said at the end of the day, I didn't uh, ask that question. Uh, this is about the what the communication uh, in the bathroom. He said uh, in Cincy, which I was surprised. I think it was about carrying mobile phones and stuff like that. Mm. He said he was gone for ten plus minutes. His dad is texting on the phone. He comes out. All of a sudden, his tactics completely changed. It's not just me, but everybody saw it. The whole game plan changes. Uh, And he said, either (laughs) I'm like, either it's a very magical place he goes to, or there's communication there. So.
3: I, know I think is, uh, he, he well. may have a point and there was something about his father as well. There was something that happened afterwards that I think his father was kind of pre- looked like he was pretending to be on his phone to con. So, so like, so this is after now sits passes back on court. There's some people suggesting that he was sort of playing with his phone, like in a fake way to look, make it look like he was constantly doing it. Um, I, I think Zverev has a very valid point here. And I've mentioned about how that can be checked and policed a lot more easily than, than the other stuff. Um, the only thing I would like to say is I do think it's, perhaps other other issues here and and I'm not sure what he means by it, but just explain if you say his complete tactics changed and that that's what happened well that's a bit much we don't know I mean maybe you just change your tactics because you're losing um and and what does he mean by changing it tell us what he you know I, oh, I would always exactly. look exactly so, I mean
2: it could just be he came out and it could just be he just did a Murray, shouted at himself in a mirror for a a few minutes and then came back out and just thought well that wasn't working in the second set so in the first uh, well didn't Zverev win this
3: match by the way though
2: yeah he did yeah but it was just the fact he came out uh and he actually went up a break and Zverev had to come back Mm -hmm. that was the thing so it was
3: double break I think wasn't it yeah I
2: believe so it was it was a very very topsy-turvy final set anyway and I think it was just credit to Zverev for just fighting through it in adversity there and uh, he said there, but I do believe, and Andy said it as well. There is a level of respect that everybody needs to have between the players, uh, and I think that's right. I think that this this is a this is just a respect thing as well. I, as much as it's a yeah. rules thing, I don't think you can police how long people are in toilets, but you can have a level of respect. And if you continue to do super long to Barton breaks, all you're proving is you have no respect for any of your fellow professionals that you're playing against. And if you have no respect, then he's sort of admitting he wants to become tennis bad boy. That's it. He wants to become the one who's in the papers for all the wrong reasons, not the right reasons. And maybe that's, he wants to become, as they say in America, the heel, isn't it? You want to be that person who, is always got the crowd on their back all the time. And then you lap it up and then you put the ear to the crowd and you say, what, what's next? Come on, I'm going to win another slam. And I'm gonna... But he hasn't even That's won like, one yet. WWF so. kind of sort
3: of, exactly, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, it does put bums on seats, that yeah. type of thing.
3: One thing I'd like to just point out at this point is that um, I think also there's the other thing is that if we start seeing this just commonplace all over the tour and matches are lasting five hours, but one oh. of those five hours is because people are off the court taking bathroom breaks. Well, yeah. we don't want to be there, and there is going to have to be a point when when that has to be addressed. If this ends up just being an anomaly and just a moment in Sitsipat's career, and the respect comes back, but I, I do I must admit when I'm playing, and I'm sure it's the same for you, and and, and certainly on the on the professional. When you hit the net and it goes over and you win the point, it is, it is, it, it. I know it sounds strange, but it is something when the player just acknowledges that, and that's part of this this respect. It's not in the rules, but I, I, have been in situations when the opponent hasn't done that, and it's a not it, on an unprofessional level. It's annoyed me. I'm like, come on, man, just, just apologise for that bit of fortune you had there, and I like yes, it, yeah. and it's just all the way through the through the game, and and I think that long may that continue.
2: Well, maybe this is fitting for the us open then i know that i'm not i don't want to go back into it again but if there's bad etiquette off court maybe it transfers <laughs> onto the court as well maybe <laughs> sister pass is just thinking well no one sits down during the match no one everyone's talking during the matches people shouting out during matches maybe i just go to the toilet break as long as i want who cares no one in here cares about apparently about anything to do with etiquette <laughs> so maybe i'll just do as i please I so, think it's an
3: interesting hypothesis. I don't know.
2: I don't doubt <laughs> that that's the case, but I'm just saying. I'm just, I like it. I like I'm, it. I'm from London and we do it the Queen's way at Wimbledon. <laughs> and we all be quiet. But the, the umpire doesn't even say anything. That's what I don't understand. Even when Djokovic, oh, I'm going to go off on it again. Even when that person said, and Djokovic had to go and speak to the person in the crowd, the umpire didn't even say, please, can you not shout out during the points? He just went, oh yeah, don't, don't,
3: swear at him or something and that yeah, was it they shouldn't, Just quietly
2: shouldn't, shouldn't didn't say anything yeah.
3: nothing but my first US Open experience was 2016 it was on the opening day of, of the the tournament and Djokovic was playing that night and it was Phil Collins was playing coming in the edge night. it was the first year with the roof it was like an inauguration <laughs> and sat next to me was a Setting the uh, scene, uh, 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 yeah, I know, and it was yeah, it was amazing. It really was cool, and Djokovic won comfortably. And at the end of the match, Djokovic sings a bit of, bit of "I Can't Dance." I can't <laughs> oh yeah, I remember dance. that. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, great. It was I a great remember. evening. I, I I certainly enjoyed myself, and um, and but so were the crowd around me, and some of the people nearby were eating KFC or something equivalent, and it was just a, it's just a different crowd right. if you like different mixture you know you've got film stars there as well like you get wimbledon you've got your your, your your certain clientele but there's a there's a working class element also if anyone's been to to queens and the area where flushing Meadow is it is um it is a working yeah. class area let's say whereas Wimbledon's very different and i i don't have a problem with that i'm i'm a person for all seasons
2: call me uh call me a bit old school then maybe uh i just like it uh to be a prim and proper game where well, this is maybe goes back to I know it's not really the same topic but then you've got the the players mental on the court and stuff like that then maybe coaching players and things like that might come be easier to be done if you're, you're struggling to keep your concentration when it's quiet imagine when there's just all this racket going on all the time and I'd I'm. I could go on a lot about respect and stuff in tennis because I just I've watched many many U.S. Open and we're going probably back to I'd say like the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. I remember watching matches there when Agassi was playing and it was disgusting. Uh, some of the like the the fans cheering him on. We're cheering on double faults, the first serves into the net. I was just like, "This is disgusting."
3: Yeah, that's too much. I
2: I mean, what are you doing? I know you want your your guy to win, but at what cost? Like, just to make you're making yourself look like scumbags. Really, I hate. No, we keep using this word on the pod too much at the moment, but I don't like that in tennis. I think there's no place for it. Uh, Keep the sport. this can be fiery we've seen what it's like when you get fabio fanini's fans on the crowd that's fine they, they get a bit rowdy but at least they shut up during the points mm, mm. yeah so anyway uh going off on a bit too much of a tangent there i think we've probably done this one uh into the into the ground uh I've just, i'm just going to go to the poll quickly because i put uh, i put a oh, nice poll, i put a bit well, I put a quick poll out to see if everybody thought the rules needed to be changed on this, and uh, I'm sure we can probably guess which way this one probably went, don't you? Uh, wow. Let me just have a quick look on there to see the percentages. It is going to tell me in two seconds. It's taking its time. 82% of people are saying they think it should uh, be, there should be a change in the rules uh for the toilet breaks so i'll end yeah. that poll
3: yeah, yeah something think, something should agree. be done i don't i don't know what but something and and i'm sure it could be done maybe maybe along the lines of the the medical treatment if that's five minutes then then really as it's, it's harsh as it may seem if you genuinely are ill, well it's harsh if you've pulled a hamstring and or, or you've got cramp or whatever you can only have a, so much time to have the treatment um and you and I should certainly have a, a face-off, a kind of a boxing face-off over the US Open crowd sometime. Oh, yeah, um, I mean,
2: I think I'm going to get a lot of hatred probably from
3: US fans. There's probably people who just
2: love that type of thing. Maybe it's just... Wimbledon uh, 2003,
3: to... the Wimbledon... not 2003, was it, or 2001? The one that, that Ivanicevic beat Rafter yep. in. That was the Monday. And it was mm. maybe the weirdest, but also the best Wimbledon atmosphere of... of Certainly, of my lifetime, in terms of because it was a kind of a football crowd atmosphere, it was a Monday, it was a bit more of a, a, a urban crowd, so to speak. And and you, your you, you, your corporate guys were not there because it was then on the Monday. It'd been, it's, yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah it was an
2: interesting one. I, one of the best Wimbledon's uh, on record for me, that one, just one of the best stories, at least. With I think it was oh, oh,
3: 2001, I think, well, it was also yeah. the year that I think Federer beat, was it the same year as Federer beat, um, Sampras? or have i got my ears oh, confused? i
2: think that's i think it's a different one but i can't think off the top of my head uh Udit saying maybe 2001 i guess
3: yeah i think it was but yeah
2: i think we're going a bit off topic but i think yeah <laughs> I we're think gonna I... go I, I think it's just a little bit uh you say tomatoes i say tomatoes and uh we'll just leave it at that for now <laughs> uh thanks for joining john uh, great to be fun. on
3: Ben. great no uh, it's always it's always fun
2: i know you're doing the night shifts uh must be exciting over in germany at the moment obviously alex verev he's my pick to win i've actually got two germans to win the thing i've got kerber for the women's i have got, got...
3: kerber
2: i know mate I've, got, I've gone a bit out there on the women's you've one. gone big there you've gone big so german I, I well you'll be having a big celebration in germany i think <laughs> if uh if my predictions are right so i've gone zverev and kerber uh, and JG gone with Medvedev. Who have you, who have you got as your selection? I've got Djokovic
3: on the men's. I don't think I took part in the women's, but I'm probably going to be quite unpredictable with Barty on the women's. But the women's is just a lottery, which is great. I mean, who yeah, yeah. Sloane-Stevens Sloan is playing? <sighs> or, or, or no, sorry, Azarenko is playing Muguruza in the next yep. round. It's a third round. A third know, round at a brilliant. slam. I mean, it's so deep. And we've still got Osaka there, and I'm really enjoying Andreescu and, and the form of Sloane-Stevens as well you know, rolling back the years and and Andreescu's hitting the ball as hard as ever. And it's, oh, it's just, it's just great. On the men's side, I have to say this kind of one narrative, if you like, with the Djokovic thing. And, and it will just, I think it will just trickle on until either he wins it or he goes out. Um, You know, that'll be, that'll be the only story really in terms of that. Well, yeah, I I guess so. Yeah but well, the women's against is... Alcaraz today I want to get your thoughts quickly on that before we oh. wrap it up yeah sure I, I actually watched the Alcaraz sort of last set and a half yesterday and or maybe even a bit more than, I think did he save set did he save match points did he in the fourth set he certainly was uh, in is. big trouble um in a tie break I don't know if it was to go two sets to one down or, or even to lose the match but um that was the basically the point where I joined in and yeah. that was huge and, and we and it, it actually nicely comes back just finally to this Sitsipas pass thing because i know i've highlighted it a couple of times before on the pod but it's all about momentum yep. possibly more than any other sport and this toilet break thing is is has one primary desire which is disrupt the momentum of your opponent um yep. and 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 that's what it's all about and and that's why it's such a big issue regarding uh Karatsev and, and Sitsipas pass today uh, it's today, is it, or tomorrow? They play today.
2: They play today. Yeah, they're uh, playing okay. this afternoon. Is they're, they're all on Arthur Ashe. It's Azarenka Muguruza. We're covering that one first. Mm-hmm. After that, Alcaraz Cibas, and then we've got quite oh, an exciting, C- yeah, yeah, quite an exciting matchup coming up later on in the evening, which is Naomi Osaka up against Layla Fernandez, the very good young Canadian. So looking to. Well, cover all three of those matches, and it's quite an exciting day of tennis. Make sure you join us for all of those matches. There's a few other matches on. We'll just, I'll just take you through some of them. Uh, what's, the your, what's,
3: your, what's your prediction of alcaraz Pass? by the way?
2: Uh, I think it could go four. I think yeah. Alcaraz could take a set in this one, yeah. to be honest. And But I think Sitsipaz ultimately going to be too strong. We've mm-hmm. seen Alcaraz do well against some of the players who are in and around the top 50. But when he comes up against... We saw what happened against Rafa. He absolutely demolished him. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is the sort of level you're talking now. You're talking top, top players Mm -hmm. now. Top Mm -hmm. five. I think it's going to be a real tough match for him. But I would love it if Alcaraz wins. I don't know why. There's part of me that just... I want to see him have a breakthrough tournament and go on into really deep into a tournament because I think he could be off to the races then. He could maybe break top 20 very soon if he does that
3: I mean he's kind of already had a breakthrough tournament um earlier yeah. this year at Wimbledon no I'm talking about Shapovalov now sorry um oh, but Shapo is, is, now. Okay. is this sorry sorry I'm jumping around is yeah. this the <laughs> tournament for Shapo to finally make a final am I going a bit too crazy there I, I don't think it's as crazy as Kerber winning it by the way
2: well, uh, I think Chapeau, I was a little bit worried for him against Bainer last night, but he seemed to cruise through that one.
3: Saved a lot of set, a couple of set points in the first set, and, and momentum. There you go. Um, I, I also just I know we spoke about a pass and I'm going to bring it back to that. No, I it's... think this this um the the further Sitsipas goes in this tournament, because I wasn't sure in that first round, is it Murray playing excellently or is a sort of a shaky Sitsipas on 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 display here? We've seen pass struggle a bit in recent months since the French Open, so I wasn't quite sure, but I saw Sitsipass in his second round, and he was top form. And the further Sitsipass goes, I think the more impressive that performance of Murray, Murray looks.
2: Oh, I thought Murray played amazingly yeah. well in that match. Probably his best
3: and performance in five years.
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure. He looks fantastic. Some of the winners he was hitting and his serving was good. And that's why he's so frustrated after that loss. And you can understand why, because it's almost like he had all the momentum and he lost it. Just due to the city pass and the uh, and and this toilet, but and th- that's why he's just getting so wound up because that could have been a real comeback tournament for him. He could have potentially, I think, he would have gone on and beaten second Manarino. Week. Yeah, second really, week probably, and then yeah. Alcaraz probably would have fancied him against Alcaraz as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that it could have really like given him a catalyst to go on and do something good. But I still took some real good signs from it from uh, Murray. I think he can really beat some, uh, some big players coming up if he continues and just avoids the injury. Yeah. But uh, we'll be, uh, well, let's just wrap this up one, uh, wrap this one up now. Uh, I want to quickly give a quick shout out to Emma Raducanu. She's doing great. Uh, hopefully she can progress. She's against Cerebra's Tormo in the next round. Very tough matchup that one, but, Never say never. Can she set up a fourth round against Ash Barty? That is the one that everybody wants to see. Well, Ash Barty's still got to beat Shelby Rogers, but <laughs> no, we still want to see it. Uh, that, I had somebody saying yesterday that that's like the uh, Djokovic struff of the women's game. Okay. They always meet him. Anyway, we'll wrap up for now. Cheers, John, for joining. And uh, we'll see you all a bit later. See you later, guys.